Hello, and welcome to Spectology, the science fiction book club podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And I'm Matt. That's right. He's back. Back from the dead. (laughs) And uh, we're a science fiction book club podcast. Each month we pick a book, read it. Uh, This is our third episode for the new and improved Romy Futch. We're doing a really quick, fast, hyperspeed episode um, because Matt couldn't make the the last, the regular pre-read and we wanted to get his thoughts on it really quick. So hyperspeed, hyperspeed, blazing through this. uh, The content warnings for this episode will be the same as the last few. We'll be talking spoilers. We'll be talking depression. We'll be talking drug use and alcoholism. We'll be talking taxidermy and hunting and medical body horror and like other weird bullshit. Uh, so, you know, be aware going into it. Uh, you should really listen to our other, at least one of the other two episodes before listening to this one, um, 4.1 or 4.2. But with that, Matt, what'd you think of the book? I really liked it. Uh, you know, Romy Futch is, uh, one of the things I was looking forward to about it that I may or may not have mentioned, I already forget in the pre-read is that it's different from the other stuff that we've been reading. It's another little zone in the sci-fi universe. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really happy to say that I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I don't read a lot of this type of book, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so it's, it was, I'm really glad that you suggested it, Adrian. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have found it on my own. Yeah. It's, um, it's a weird little small press <laughs> that doesn't do science fiction it, mostly. <laughs> yeah. It's great too. It's like, um, I, I, uh, so there's a number of things that I really liked about it. I really liked the the soft apocalypse future the world building basically um i really liked the kind of the technical side of it so what maybe in um you know uh, some science fiction has like a specific sort of technical domain focus um this one had a, a few and um they were really interesting and some of them were you know uh, maybe more popular as in they appear in a lot more books, a lot of other books as well. Mm-hmm. And some of them were less popular, like taxidermy. This sort of technical taxidermy <laughs> stuff was really cool. Yeah. It was like a really, it's a really great idea to take a very underrepresented technical subject and make science fiction out of it. That is cool. Just yeah. that, that concept. I also felt um, like I learned something about taxidermy reading the book, like the degree to which it's not actually the animal. Like I, I had no yeah. idea. Oh, absolutely. I learned that too. It's a perfect incarnation of a lot of the um, emotions that weird fiction or like science fiction, dirty science fiction, maybe you could call it, Mm -hmm. wants to access Mm -hmm. um, because it involves uh, science scientifically or in with with like powerful engineering mechanical uh, tools, engineering a body taking um, it's like it's like this sort of really effective set of metaphors for exploring biological science mm-hmm. for ex- because it is like like so many things we talk about it makes it makes it super literal so you know Romy's uh Moby Dick style struggle to create the perfect like piece of taxidermy art has so many literary theoretical layers <laughs> going on because he's obviously actualizing himself as an artist in some sense or rediscovering his sort of individuality in some sense but he's also like he's taking an animal he's becoming god to an animal in the same way that the weird doctor became god to him Mm -hmm. right like he's doing to that animal what uh, to the to the hogzilla 
he's doing to Hogzilla in some sense what was done to him and thereby reclaiming his agency. Whoa! Right, right. Well, and, and, and especially <laughs> given the like intelligence of Hogzilla, like the explicitly yeah. called out by the text intelligence of Hogzilla. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the intelligence that almost allowed it as he was able to overthrow his master, almost allowed it to overthrow him. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's great. And that's just one of like many layers going on in the taxidermy part of the novel. We can mm-hmm. go on and on about taxidermy. It's super cool. Right. Um, I love I also, just the yeah. kind of like, you know, sussy, nay, paw, and animal kind of element of taxidermy. It's like, like taxidermy was actually a really interesting lens to talk about art and representation in art and like symbolism in art and just like you know it's like oh we assume they are these animals but they're not it's like scraps of animals with a lot of like plastic and styrofoam and you know like stuff added on to just like trick us into believing that it's an animal oh my god yeah and the way that he wears the taxidermy while also like <laughs> oh lord i mean Tusky. there's so many yeah lord tusky's super great um and the other aspect of it that's amazing that fits in with the rest of the novel is the political economy of it the, the fact that he's like emailing 20 percent off coupons to his regular customers because this is how he makes his tiny little living right you know i mean it's not it's it's all these other things but it's also a tiny piece of capitalism a tiny piece of horrific frankensteinian capitalism where what you do to make money is you take it a, a creature's corpse and you like modify it according to the random demands of some weird old guy who just wants to scare his wife what that's how you make money this is the soft apocalypse right this whole other angle to it which i love (laughs) yeah well it's it's a word that we never like or a phrase i never used in the last episode but i i like afterwards re-listening to it thought was like late stage capitalism the sort of idea of like you know capitalism gone off the rails and at its most bonkers um which is just the way it is actually i mean it's like right. in some sense an exaggeration but it's only it's like um it's, it's like hyper a, you know, real is what it yeah. is right it does remind me of that word makes me think of don delilo and it, it this book absolutely did remind me of a book like white noise mm-hmm. white noise is to like upstate new york college town what this book is to like you know i guess is it charlotte where the university unc is i um, think so yeah yeah, it's like to satellite town of Charlotte. maybe, or yeah, yeah some, yeah, some yeah, right. random podunk town in one of the Carolinas. I don't even know which Carolina. <laughs> I think South I, Carolina. I, yeah. yeah. I, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's it, it, the, the it, like in some sense, the world, the ability of um, the world is perfectly capable of supporting hyper real versions of itself because like the world's reality is a fractal concept and you know, you can find like uh, the thing is both its own exaggeration and it's it, it, itself in and of itself. That right. that sentence makes no sense. No, but it now that it I like think about what I said, to but, me. <laughs> but I think it I think it's strictly true. It's like technically correct, the best kind of correct. Cool. Um, so, but just to say one more thing about soft apocalypse, like what what does that mean? Like the world, I said sort of the, on, on the list of things I liked about the book first the sort of world building second the sort of the technical domain aspects of which one being you know mm-hmm. um uh, uh taxidermy. taxidermy um the world building um I really liked it for a lot of the same reasons I like so it's very difficult to write um subtle dystopian fiction mm-hmm. because uh 
when people think of dystopias, I think they they generally think in in broad brush, black and white ways. You, you right. think that there's a lot of YA fiction that's dystopian, right? And I think one of the reasons for that is that when people you know uh, sort of find themselves drawn to in the direction of that genre, they they naturally think in sort of really big unsubtle terms they think about the giant totalitarian government oppressing you in the exact manner of like 1984 or in the exact manner of you know insert other famous thing but um there are a lot of options available for the person who's interested in writing a what you might think of as like a subtle dystopian novel um and and like one that has a that has a lot of resonance for me is this kind of thing where you know the world isn't um there's no one big problem dominating all other problems mm. in the world as depicted. Just everything's kind of shitty. Right. Just everything's worse. Everything's yeah. just a little worse or everything's bad. It's yeah. just bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I love, mean, maybe it's hard to argue that it's worse, but it's bad. Right. I love the word shitty for this because it just to me, yeah. it's at like such the emotional quality of it's just like, it's just, uh, it just kind of sucks. <laughs> it really does. It really does. I uh, just, and like, and even after he's begun to kind of, to kind of claw his way out of his darkest periods right near the end of the book where he meets, you know, when he meet at the very end, for example, when he meet or after, when he has his art show mm-hmm. and he, he's like having those interactions with that, um, sort of nubile, <laughs> the word nubile is used a lot that like young woman, yeah, uh, yeah. who is his sort of, um, I don't know, amanuensis for the art show. I don't know what her real position is. I think but, she's just the art assistant at the gallery, like the art yeah, gallery yeah. assistant gallery assistant um his interactions with her and her friends are are you know he's he's sort of like clawed himself out of his worst spot and he's you know done something that's actually really cool that Mm -hmm. that he thinks is cool but his interactions with them are pretty you know the word dilapidated comes to mind i mean they're they're you know they're 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 a, a slightly more um put together you know caliber of person compared to chip is that his name what's his chip. name yeah the chip. atv yeah. salesman <laughs> oh god i would love to hear you talk about hit the um the atv race scene yeah well listen <laughs> listen to the last episode i haven't even heard it yet but there's there's a whole bunch i do in there <laughs> oh I, I i can't wait i can't wait um uh you know the, the the um the art gallery assistant and her friends are a little bit like you know sort of quote unquote more put together but sure. i mean they're right but they're, they're like you know ostensibly they are right but in so much as they like are, have a social circle that they exist in and i don't you know but like and how, they afford how and stable and is wealthy, that system right? sure they're, they're, i guess they're so. upper class really what i'm trying to say is that they're they're sort of coded as higher class right well i think they're that you know and we talked about this a lot in that last episode i know you and i have talked about this a lot i think they're the kind of like not necessarily wealthy but like the kind of upper class that might itself be relatively poor but they went to the right schools and they know the right vocabulary and they know, you know, it's sort of like they've like been given a gateway into like the upper class through their education, not necessarily by having tons of money or something like that. This is, this is the sense in which class is slightly different from how much money you have in your bank account. Right. Right. Especially in America where it's so tied to the education that you had. Yeah. Um, So they, they are, you know, even among these sort of coded upper classer people, um, you know, his, his interactions with them are not super satisfying. I mean, he's, he's sort of, you know, his life remains shitty in the beginning of his upswing period. Mm-hmm. The only thing that starts to make it a little less shitty is meeting people who might like his fellow, you know, monster mates. 
possibly be kindred spirits. Right. That's the only thing that really offers an actual hope at the end of this parade of different types of shittiness. Right. That and his like self-actualization journey. Right. Um, and even the ending, I mean, you know, we talked to about how the ending was ambiguous in terms of, you know, on the one hand, you don't know if Hog Slayer and her, you know, her like little terrorist cell are actually who they say they are or if they're double agents or like what's going on there <laughs> on the one hand. But then on the other right. hand, you just don't know the degree to which can they really do anything, even if they are yeah. fighting back against the system? Like the system's way bigger than they are. Um, it's also not one big evil empire in the in the manner of a mm-hmm. of a less subtle uh, dystopia. Mm-hmm. It's it's this bizarre, disconnected, disaggregated, loose collection of affiliated shits. <laughs> you know, you've got the the doctor and his goonies who are really, uh, you know, the second time we meet or the last time we meet them in the strip mall, you know, who knows what they're doing or why, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it has like, it may have nothing to do with any of the other stuff that's been going on. Right. It's just a mess. Right. It's a I total mean, like, mess. You look at the story from their perspective and like, you know, <laughs> they're like underfunded researchers who finally get their big shot getting like funded by some, you know, big corporation, which after the thing is done and they learn what they need to learn, just shut them down. And so they're doing, you know, like they're the good guys trying to like eke out what they can of like the science and like, you know, learn about the frontiers of science until they're, you know, like ill-educated patients come back and like tie them up and, you know, like leave them for dead. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the, the part that's left out of their account, which you, you, you've given their account very well. Right. Of course. And the part that's left out of that, of course, is the, is the part where they like, like torture people. <laughs> They treated these people like, you know, in the way that a really unethical person would treat mice. Yeah. Like they just yeah. didn't give a shit <laughs> about them and they used them for toys. Yep. And and not well-treated toys either. Um so so the the shittiness of the world is is really well drawn. You know, it's 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 complicated mm-hmm. and it's not um it's not sort of doesn't revolve around one big thing. It's actually even difficult to say all to to enumerate all the ways in which this world is shitty and interesting is very difficult because it's complicated enough that mm-hmm. you know, it's a long list and they are interrelated. Um, and, you know, kind of tied to that is another thing that I really liked, which is the the journey that Romy goes on, mm-hmm. the emotional journey, the growth journey. It's a terrible phrase, but the the journey, the 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 progression, his character progression throughout the book is really well drawn. I thought. I mean, she does. Ju- Julia, um, mm. the author, uh, does a really good job of depicting somebody growing in a believable way. Yeah, from a very low level. I mean, a lot of the time when you read a book about growth, um, growth from a dark growth in term like an adult experiencing growth is very difficult. Mm-hmm. A lot of the best examples that I can think of in literature of growth are the classic stories of children growing up. Totally. Um, yeah. Stories of someone's education, so to speak. Right. Um, and this is in some sense also a building's room and a story of education, but, but it's, a, it deals with somebody who's very much an adult when it begins mm-hmm. and they're in a very dark place and they're growing out of that dark place as an adult. Right. And that's, I mean, certainly it's, 
there are other books that do it well, but it's a difficult thing to do well. And I thought it was done well here. And it's worth kind of pointing out the ways in which like he's successful and unsuccessful. I mean, I think one thing in particular, and I alluded to this earlier, is just the sense in which like his relationships with women never get particularly better. And I don't mean that he doesn't like have another successful relationship with a woman, but rather like you know, like Julia does a very good job of writing the male gaze and of writing the way in which like he's kind of shitty to women and his attitudes towards them are like not very good. He, you know, not that he like means poorly, not that he like, you know, is a jerk try, yeah. trying to be on purpose, but just like he's, you know, like yeah. every woman is a sex object to him because he's kind of raised that way. And even like knowing the gender the- studies theory and the post-structuralist theory that he does doesn't like change that inherently about him. Yeah. That's another thing that was amazingly effective. I was very pleasantly surprised because, you know, as soon as it became clear what was going to happen to Romy, like, you know, vis-a-vis the implanting of knowledge into his brain, mm-hmm. I sort of, I was very interested to see how uh, the author would handle him changing as a result of that knowledge because there's different ways to play that you know one way to play it is to have him become to have his personality change in a dramatic fashion mm-hmm. um and you know you, you can justify that in different ways you know some authors like 100 years ago would justify that in the sense that knowledge literally is what composes your person but i mean i don't think that's how you'd have to justify it you could also have that happen and just say that it was a shock to his system and blah 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 mm-hmm. something else um, and but another, you know, another way to play it, which I think is closer to what she does, is to have it be a different like a different set of inputs to the same function. He has his personality function or and and he's given different inputs. And, you know, it's a recursive function. So he's changing as he's going kind of it's altering itself as it goes. But it's it's really quite complicated it's difficult to even describe like it would take me a while to describe all the ways i thought that he changed as a result of um getting that new knowledge all of a sudden Mm -hmm. i don't think it was as straightforward as simply that he like was able to see a bad thing he had been doing before and thus motivated it's not quite that nor was it linear i mean like he would get better and he would get worse he would drink less and he would drink more and then he would drink less again and you know it's like a lot of these things kind of happen in these sine waves with maybe a certain like progression and direction to them yeah no that's that's so true and that was so effective too the Mm -hmm. way that she described that and it's not like falling off the like he never was really like the, the on wagon off wagon thing doesn't even apply here no. really because like he what was he he was down to two beers a night and then he was back up to six and it's sort of like okay well even at six it's not like everything completely fell apart he he had been high functioning before and he remained high functioning right. you, you know what I mean so it's sort of it was very it was very subtle how it was done and and it was very very good I thought though you know there um by the end of the book you feel like what does it mean for him to have grown well. It means that he is a little bit better by the end of the book, a little bit better, not like amazingly better, but a little bit better at knowing what he wants and a little bit better at getting it. Mm -hmm. And he sort of still isn't perfect at knowing what he wants and he still isn't perfect at getting it. But like you feel like there's measurable progress. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, well, we really. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking we should go. We wanted to keep this quick. I have to work. I know you have to <laughs> yeah. go. Um, yeah. <laughs> one more thing. Like, what's one more thing you wanted to talk about in regards to the book? And do, and uh, also, like, did you have any questions for me? And if I haven't answered them oh, in the last episode, man. I will. 
All right. What um what would be your Lord Tusky costume? Like instead of Lord Tusky, <laughs> who would you who would you go as to that stupid art gallery opening? Question time with Matt. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> um I love questions. Jeez, I don't I don't even know. You ask very good questions and I feel like I never have an answer to them. I would go as the cyborg manifesto. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone there. Oh man, I am ironic. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like um what I'll say is the last good Halloween costume I had, which I was pretty happy with, was I went as um I had kind of this like old suit, like a old cheap kind of like boxy cut suit. And I wore that and I bought like a, the area I live in is pretty like old. I mean, there's a lot of older people who live here. And so the like vintage shops are like real vintage. And so I bought like a, a trilby type hat um, and I had awesome. a cigar from something. And so I went as the patriarchy to a Halloween party and just like Perfect. walked around in this kind of Perfect. like 50s looking suit going <laughs> like twiddling that's, my cigar <laughs> that's what you call a reificatory costume yeah yeah the, oh, just to be clear too the reason i went is that was because the um the, <laughs> you know you're fine, you're fine no no but it's 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 the key part of the story i left out was that it was the costume party's theme was villains so everyone went okay, as that, different that villains actually, and yeah. i went as like a yeah, conceptual villain <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, that's good. That's the best answer I have going for me right now. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Cool. Anything else about the story that you wanted to talk about? I mean, um, I could say something about the stuff that I liked less in the book, but I, I kind of want to end on a positive note. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'm, I'll just say briefly, like there were some things that they didn't work as well for me. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that for a book that was a lot about class and did a really good job of talking about class in many ways, in many cases, um, there were some moments where I felt a little bit like, I don't know if we're laughing at this person or laughing with this person. Hmm. What there in were particular? some moments. Well, some of the scenes where you have Romy observing other parties, mm -hmm. um, some of the scenes with Chip, for instance, the ATV sequence, it does seem a little, it's like, Oh, I think I, see I just, I wondered, I wondered a little bit about how much sympathy there, there is for some of these people. Now it wasn't, this is not a glaring, obvious, terrible problem, but it was something that occurred to me while right. I was reading the book. And I think I think this is maybe as someone who grew up in a town, not unlike the one shown or at least parts mm -hmm. of which are not unlike the one shown like i was kind of okay with like i was i'm okay yeah. with like not being sympathetic to everything in these places because yeah, sometimes right. fuck those yeah. people for real I, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like what was who is who is romy's roman's um uh uh at the very beginning when he gets to the like medical facility, he has a roommate and just like, fuck everything about oh, that guy. Yeah. I've known that oh, guy and fuck everything about him. <laughs> like sure. For every yeah, interesting, right. like trippy J right. or, or, or Lee yeah. that you have, you have some fucking guy like him. Um, right. And you know, so I was a right. little bit, and you know, again, like the ATV race thing was definitely that, that rung really true to me in a kind of like heightened hyper real way, but in a very mm -hmm. like, true way so i was not uncomfortable with that at all 
Well, it wasn't that it made me uncomfortable. It was very well done. I just thought it, it was a little, um, it was just every now and then I got the sense it's a little much. It was less nuanced perhaps than some of the other sections mm-hmm. where it was about, for instance, all the stuff about Romy's dad was so well drawn yeah. and his stepmom and some of the other characters that we met that live around him that he interacts with, mm-hmm. some of his customers, they had really real, they were, they were sort of more complete pictures to me. Whereas the, you know, some of the, anyway, yeah, yeah. not a, not a huge thing, but something I was thinking about. No, I feel um, that. But yeah, but just to, to end on a, 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 a happier or like a more positive note, um, uh, I think that, um, I think it's really cool that this book, like, I don't know how to say this exactly. We're going to have to maybe play with this, you know, That's fine. cut the pauses, make <laughs> me sound like I'm thinking about this really fast. Um, make you sound smarter. <laughs> do, yeah, do to your obviously. words what Romy did to his brain. Yeah, there you go. I think it's really cool how... Um, how involved in literature this book is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is something that appeals directly to me and like maybe less appealing to other people. But I really love the references to other books. I love the extensive quoting of other books. I love the way that the story, the plot is very self-consciously reminiscent of other plots while not being an obvious, like not being a carbon copy, just being a twist. Right. Um, some of these uh, attributes I've just listed are hallmarks of remix culture, you might say, mm-hmm. um, or hallmarks of more modern fiction. They're the self-referentiality and, and, you know, this, some of these things get listed as like traits of Pomo literature or whatever. But like right. beyond any discussion of that, there, there are things that have been happening a lot more and more, you know, over the last couple, three decades. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, when done well, they create this really cool um block party vibe where you feel like you're you're sort of in this thing together with a bunch of familiar faces Mm -hmm. you know and right or um, i almost think of it like a quilt or a tapestry or something where you're like oh i know that piece of fabric and i know this thing over here and i know this over here and it comes together and makes like a friendly hole yeah that was very that's a very appealing thing about this book and it goes and it's sort of alongside the kind of gonzo fun pace of Mm -hmm. it it's like something that makes it really fun yeah it's a it's a super fun book i hope people have read it i know at least one or two people have like picked it up because we recommended it and that is super awesome to me because i love sharing this book with other people so i'm really glad i got the chance to share it with you and others (laughs) at this point sweet Excellent. Well, uh, I think that's it for us today. Uh, music, WJ on SoundCloud, art, no Bradley, no Bradley.com, dope prints and stuff. We're at Spectology Pod on Twitter. We're at SpectologyPod at gmail.com. If you want to email us and tell us what idiots we are or how great we are, uh, review us on iTunes. I don't know. Submit us to Reddit. Do the things. That that's it for us today. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening, and thanks. For, I'm glad I'm glad we got to catch up and do this yeah little man. mini episode. Um, this is fun. We'll be back. I wanted to talk about it. Good. I'm glad. Me too. I I wish you'd been there with Britt. That would have been a fun conversation. I know. <laughs> I know. I missed Britt. Um, and so next week we'll be talking No Mon by Nick Harkaway with Max Gladstone. So that's gonna be fucking dope. 
it's gonna be awesome sure um, i've just started reading the book and like i think it's actually like segues really well from the book we just read into the new one so i'm actually really excited about reading nomon next it's gonna be a lot of fun all right guys thanks for it bye peace out